In the first half of the Gospel, according to St. Mark, the writer is concerned with portraying Jesus as the one who is stronger. One way he does this is by telling of several miracles that are tied together in the four crossings of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is really a lake. It's eight miles wide and 13 miles long. If you stand up on a prominent point, uh, various places around the lake, you can see the whole thing. And on the western side lived the Jews. And on the eastern shore, there are the Gentiles. And Jesus moves freely and comfortably among Jews and Gentiles alike, teaching, preaching, and working miracles. Among the miracles are the calming of the storm, the exercising of a demoniac, the healing of the woman with a hemorrhage, and the miracle about which we heard today in the Gospel, the raising of the daughter of Jairus. By this means, Mark is saying Jesus Christ is stronger than the cultural differences that separate people on both sides of this lake or anywhere in the world, stronger than the forces of nature, stronger than the demonic, stronger than disease, and even stronger than our greatest enemy, death. Nothing in the universe is more powerful than him. The one who is stronger is on our side. He is for us. He commands the very power of God. He's come into the world, come to all people, come to remove all obstacles, come to include everyone in his saving, recreating embrace. And that is good news. Because of that, we have nothing to fear. Remember that our word for religion is derived from the Latin word ligare, which means to bind together. Our word ligament is from the same root. Religion, then, is supposed to tie things together. As Mark has so artfully tied together the accounts of Jesus' obstacle-defying ministry in the Galilean territory, so Jesus promises to tie our lives together and make us whole. When we place our trust in Him, we do not need to be overcome by fear. What fears are you grappling with today? Terrorism? The impact of the Greek debt on the global economy? Supreme Court decisions? Personal finances or health? A family problem? Every one of us has some fear small or great, almost every day of our lives that we have to face. I believe that fear is the basis of so many of our problems. It's the basis of anger, of prejudice, of a host of psychological disorders, of much disease, and it interferes with just about every relationship we have, either with persons or with possessions. We're afraid of that which we do not know or that which we think we know all too well. The Jesus of Mark's gospel is greater than the greatest threat we know, and his perfect love casts out fear. One of the most courageous people I've ever known 
is a pastor for whom I worked in my first assignment after completion of seminary. I was a United Methodist back then. This man's name was J. Kenneth Shamblin. He was the senior pastor of St. Luke's United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. He was there for 16 years as their pastor. He left uh, there to become the Bishop of Louisiana. I heard him do and say many truly courageous things in the time that I knew him, but before he came to Houston, he was the senior pastor of the Pulaski Heights Methodist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. He led that congregation in building a magnificent Gothic edifice. And when it was completed, he had television equipment installed and became the first church in Arkansas that had televised morning worship services. And on the first morning, their service was to be seen on television. Kenneth Shamblin mounted the pulpit and faced the task not only of delivering a sermon he knew would be carried to thousands of people whom he couldn't see, but also a sermon in which he publicly opposed Governor Orville Faubus of that state on the issue of the desegregation of Little Rock schools. Because of that sermon and the subsequent statements Dr. Shamblin made about the need for African-American children to receive the same educational opportunities as Anglo children, his life and that of his family was threatened. He received obscene phone calls and hate mail. He had to move his family to a secret location, and they lived under guard 24 hours a day. And this went on for weeks and weeks until he felt he was at his breaking point. His fears were overcoming the courage that caused him to speak out in the first place. And one evening he sat down on the steps of that beautiful church building, beaten, bruised, afraid for himself and his family and contemplating ways to leave that situation. He felt hopeless and helpless, and very, very much alone. Just then the carillon began to play, and the tune that was playing brought to his mind the words of the great hymn, God is my strong salvation, what foe have I to fear? In darkness and temptation, my help, my light is near. It was as if God extended a strong hand and a mighty arm to him in his weakness and lifted him up, empowering him to stand firm in his conviction, and he and God weathered that storm. And they changed the world. When the professional mourners came to Jairus and told him his daughter was dead, Jesus spoke a stronger word to him, Do not fear only believe. When he arrived at the house where the little girl lay, he entered that place which death had defiled, and he spoke a stronger word to her. Little girl, rise up. His words are healing words, life-giving words, strong words that save us and make us whole. He speaks them to us today. If fear is overtaking you and causing you to hate, to hesitate, 
to hibernate or to hyperventilate. He calls you to believe, to trust in Him, to consider the possibility that there are other options, other viewpoints, other ways. If you're feeling the threat of your own mortality, if death is washing over you, if something or someone precious to you has been snatched away from you, He speaks to you and He says, Rise up. My father, who taught me so much about living, also taught me about fear and about death. I was at his bedside when he died. It was one of those most one of the most terrifyingly beautiful moments I've ever known. Equal, I suppose, to the experience of being present at the birth of one of my children. Birth and death have so much in common. Both are major transitions in which we do not really know for sure what lies ahead. When my father was dying, the people in the room were quietly singing hymns. His breathing calmed as they sang, and then it slowly ceased. And as he let go of my hand, it was as if he took another hand, and as if he heard the sound of another choir in another place. His confidence in the promises of Jesus Christ made it possible for him to die like that. And he showed me what do not fear, only believe actually looks like in the face of life's greatest enemy, death. Being there with him helps me deal with the issue of death in my life and in the lives of those given into my care as a priest. It's at moments like this when we need to hear the words, do not fear, only believe. Rise up. These are words that bind our lives together with a strong cord. They bind our times together they bind our relationships together, and they bind all things together in a perfect oneness with the shepherd and lover of our souls. And you know what? Those healing words are news, good news for anyone who needs to hear them. There simply are no limits to what God has in store for you and for me if we set aside our fear look for his hand at work in our lives and the world around us, and believe. Amen. Amen.